guys, Brian with Cajun Cardboard coming at you from the great state of Louisiana with a quick five to six minute push here on the uh, recent Donovan Mitchell to the Cavs trade. Let's get going. I'm going to switch you over to picture in picture. The first thing I wanted to start with and uh, not let's not forget what the Jazz got. We're going to look at it first from the Jazz perspective. Here's what they got in that first trade for Rudy Gobert. Um, they got four first round picks, a pick swap in a guy that I like a lot in Walker Kessler as an upside young big prospect. Not so much from a card collecting perspective, but he blocked shots at a ridiculous rate uh, at the University of Auburn last year. If you watched his game, he's got impeccable timing, great size, great length, great timing, all that stuff. Jared Vanderbilt, uh, a much, um, you know, an underrated guy who uh, was almost on his way out of the league and then earned his way as, you know, a slap the floor, defense, energy, rebound, great rebound rate, great out-of-area rebounder, uh, proved himself as a very valuable, uh, very, very good defensive big last year in Minnesota, and then Patrick Beverly, who we know has since been moved on. I'm not going to talk about Beasley, a high-volume three-point shooter. That's fine. I don't think he's a long-term piece for the Jazz, but what the Jazz are looking at here is Vanderbilt role player, four first-round picks, and Kessler, and then we look at the trade yesterday. You know, and this is the one everybody's talking about, right? So, uh, Spider Mitchell goes from Utah to Cleveland. What does Utah get in return? They get Laurie Markkinen, Agbaji, and Colin Sexton. Agbaji is a ready-to-go 22-year-old uh, man-child, wing, versatile, uh, polished, uh, played for the University of Kansas, All-American, um, ready to go, lottery pick, pick number 14 in the draft last year. So that is just not a throw-in, right? That player matters. He can play. Um, he's kind of a, he, he kind of reminds me of Benedict Matherin, uh, only a little bit older, a little bit, uh, probably a little bit more ready, but not quite as much upside, maybe. Uh, and then uh, Lori Markkinen is a fantastic big, very versatile. So you're, you're losing probably the least versatile big in the entire NBA, which is Rudy Gobert. Good defender, true rim protector, true rim runner. I get all those things. Laurie Markin is the exact opposite. Can step out and shoot the three. Um, he can, you know, play the. He played a little bit of the three. People are bagging on Markin for his rebounding, but the guy, you know, he didn't average very many rebounds a game. But hell, when you're on the court with Jared Allen and Mobley, and you're playing three seven footers at once, and you're the guy that's kind of stuck on the perimeter, um, I, I think it's uh, natural that your rebounding rate is going to go down significantly because those other seven footers that are closer to the rim are going to snatch all the rebounds. So Markin showed some things last year in Cleveland. I think he really revitalized uh, his, you know, his worth and his value in the NBA. So those two guys matter. They also picked up three unprotected firsts from Cleveland, which again, we're assuming those are all going to be, you know, late first round picks because Cleveland's going to be damn good. We're talking about it in a second. And they get two more pick swaps uh, in that trade as well. So that's it from the Jazz perspective. I haven't talked about this though. I want to show you something. Colin Sexton, Let's just compare Colin Sexton right here uh, to uh, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, I don't think you guys are aware of what Colin Sexton was due in Cleveland pre-injury, pre-Garland takeover, right? Garland took over. Garland became the man. Garland was handed the keys to the franchise. Sexton became expendable. Garland took a big duffel bag full of cash. Congrats to Garland. He earned every bit of it, and I think he's Kyrie 2.0, only he's not insane. Uh, so Garland is like a better version of Kyrie from what I've seen. Super skilled, under-the-rim guy, super efficient, get his own shot, create for others, but none of the baggage that comes with Kyrie Irving. And that's what I see when I see Donovan Mitchell. I mean, uh, Darius Garland. You guys know how much I love him if you watch my channel. But here's what people forget. The hobby has this horrible habit of completely eliminating people from the radar, and therefore they're 
their cards uh, plummet in value. Colin Sexton is a great example. I don't have his card ladder stuff pulled up because I don't want to make this a 30-minute video, but look at Carl, uh, Colin Sexton's last full year in Cleveland, 60 games, compared to last year Donovan Mitchell's season in Utah, right? Donovan Mitchell's a three-time All-Star. He's a max player. Uh, everybody's going ape shit about him going to Cleveland. I just want you to see how similar Colin Sexton's numbers were that year in Cleveland, sharing the backcourt with Darius Garland before he jumps to Utah. Now, uh, one thing I want you to keep in mind is, I have to believe Colin Sexton has one of the greenest of green lights in the entire NBA right now in Utah because Utah is not exactly stacked, right? We're going to go back to that comparison. Uh, they got Mike Conley at the one, Sexton starting at the shooting guard, and of course, you know, they'll try to have either Collins, uh, Conley, Sexton, or Clarkson on the court at all times, kind of running the point. Sexton's capable uh, of, of giving you minutes running the point. I don't think that's his true position because he's not a high assist to turnover guy. His assist turnover ratio is kind of weak. That's why I see him kind of in that Ben Gordon, almost like a better, I mean, I know this is, Ben Gordon was a hell of a player for you old guys that remember Ben Gordon, but he's kind of a Ben Gordon guy who goes out there and just gets you buckets off the bench. Uh, he's kind of like a Jordan uh, Clarkson, only significantly better in every respect, uh, other than a slight difference in free throw per shooting. Uh, Bojan Bogdanovic at the three, Laurie Markinen at the four, and Walker Kessler at the five. There's also a chance Kessler may not start at the five, even though he was the you know highly touted pickup in that trade we just talked about. You may go, you may see Markinen playing the five. People, Markinen is seven foot, two hundred and forty pounds, man, uh, and he was playing the three in Cleveland for a lot of minutes last year. He can do some things. People are sleeping on him. This is really a trade for the Jazz about two players with great potential that the hobby and the entire world, the NBA watching fan base has completely forgot about. Sexton and Markkinen, those guys can play. And when they get in Utah, both of those dudes are going to have massive green lights to put up huge numbers because Utah is going to flat out suck. Uh, Utah is going to be terrible. Akbaji is going to try to work his way into that rotation between Akbaji, Taylor Horton Tucker, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. you got three question marks. They just need one of those guys to be the right guy, right? They need one of those guys to step in when Bogdanovich dies of old age or gets traded because somebody's making a playoff run. Bogdanovich does, does nothing for the Jazz except help them win games, which they're not trying to do right now. So at some point, I think THT, Akbaji, uh, or, uh, or Nikhil Alexander-Walker, kind of they try to get those guys in the rotation, figure out who's the one we want to kind of ride with going, uh, going into the future. But Utah hit the reset buttons, plural, with two hands and smashed it. Uh, they have really flipped the script. Uh, I love Donovan Mitchell. I like Donovan Mitchell. I put him in the same category as Jason Tatum. Call me an idiot. I don't know. Whatever. That's fine. I just think Jason Tatum was in a better position. But here's what I wanted to show you guys. I've got a comparison of Donovan Mitchell's season last year in Utah and Colin Sexton's uh, season before last, when his last full season in Cleveland where he played 60 games. Look at the similarities between Donovan Mitchell, all-star, mind you, and Colin Sexton playing for those Cavs teams, uh, not last year where he got injured, but the year before when he was sharing the backcourt with Donna, uh, with Darius Garland. Uh, one point per game difference in their scoring, and that is what Donovan Mitchell is. He's a scorer. Uh, fewer turnovers than Donovan Mitchell. The same blocks. Uh, one, one steal per game is a pretty good rate. 1.5 is a really good rate in the NBA nowadays. One fewer assists than Donovan Mitchell. 
Uh, one fewer rebounds than Donovan Mitchell. So you're talking about one less point, one less assist, one less rebound a game than a max player who was the franchise cornerstone. So look at this from the Jazz perspective. Let's go look at their free throw percentage. Uh, a little bit worse free throw shooter. Donovan Mitchell's an elite free throw shooter at a very high volume. But look how many free throw attempts per game Colin Sexton took. Is that crazy? Do you realize he's shooting 81.5% on 6.4 attempts per game? He's taking almost two attempts per game more than Donovan Mitchell. So let that sink in. That was with the Cavs. Like I said, he's going to have a huge green light in Utah. He is going to throw up insane numbers. I'm not telling you to go out there and buy his cards or what cards to buy. I'm just telling you, if you look at this from Utah's perspective, this is not that big of a drop down between these two guys statistically. And again, both of them were doing it against starting units. It's not like we're, you know, uh, you, you know, Colin Sexton was doing this against bench units. Um, and so uh, over 50% effective field goal percentage, Colin Sexton's a better three point shooter. 37.1% uh, for Colin Sexton year before last, 35.5 for Donovan Mitchell. 35.5 is not a bad percentage. 37 is pretty damn good. Uh, and that was kind of the knock on Sexton. He can guard. He can defend. His energy is tough as hell. He's like a little tiny Westbrook, uh, but he can't shoot. Well, he shot 37.1% from three. Uh, much better shooter from the field. Uh, so, I, you know, I don't know what there is to say about it. He was doing it on fewer shots. Um, I mean, if he takes two more shots like Donovan Mitchell did, he scores more points than Donovan Mitchell, points per game. And that is what Donovan Mitchell does. He's a scorer. So uh, from the Jazz perspective, I think this is a fantastic pickup to pick up, what did we say, seven first-round picks, three unprotected, three pick swaps, Lori Markkinen, who's a versatile big, right? A completely different type of player than Gobert. Uh, Agbaji, who's a lottery pick and a question mark, maybe prospect. Who knows? But he's probably a well-prepared prospect. So you can plug and play and see what happens because he's 22 years old. And he did it on a big stage at a big six conference, you know, powerhouse at Kansas. Uh, and then Kessler, who's a, who's a, I mean, basically, we're hoping or they're hoping in Utah, you know, Danny Ainge is hoping he's a poor man's Rudy Gobert. And so they've hit the reset button in an amazing way. I think the Jazz absolutely knocked it out of the park because at no point in any world that we live in were the Utah Jazz with what they had with Gobert and Mitchell as their cornerstone, uh, cornerstones ever going to be relevant whatsoever, not just for a title, but in the Western Conference at all. So uh, that's over. Uh, I like what they've done. They've hit the reset button, and there you go. There's the lineup. They're trying to lose games this year, probably one more year, but really this is an experimental year to kind of figure out where they are, right? So that's the, the trade from the Jazz standpoint. You know, from the, uh, from the Cleveland Cavaliers standpoint, uh, you're loaded. You, you've got Garland. Um, you know, you got Okoro as your kind of poor man's Marcus Smart. Um, you've got Mobley. You've got Jared Allen. Uh, you now plug in Mitchell. Um, you, you have a, I don't want to call it a big three because Mobley's not there yet. And I'm not the highest on Mobley. I like him as a player. I, people keep saying Anthony Davis, you know, prime Anthony Davis. I don't see things like that or Kevin Garnett. I don't see that from Mobley. I see good defender. Um, I'm taking Cade Cunningham and Scotty Barnes over Mobley all day long. That's just me, okay? Uh, but uh, I, I do recognize Mobley's a good player, so I don't see a big three between Garland, Mitchell, and Mobley, uh, but I see, uh, you know, a big three and then plus a half, plus a half with Mobley and Jared Allen, who is an all-star uh, and uh, does everything you want from a rim-running uh, defensive big, and he allows Mobley to guard fours and exploit fours in the post uh, if Mobley can develop that offensive game. That's really the question mark about Mobley. Um, so everybody's talking about Cleveland and how fantastic Cleveland's going to be. 
I love what the Jazz did from this perspective. I, I really do. I think the Jazz, if you're going to hit the reset button, load up on picks, and you pick up a bunch of bullets in the holster, like Sexton may turn into a, an absolute scoring machine monster. He really might. He might turn into a Westbrook. Um, his numbers are not that far off in, in Cleveland uh, from what Donovan Mitchell was doing in Utah, and he was an all-star. So, um, and, and certainly the price tag on Sexton is drastically different than the price tag on Donovan Mitchell. So uh, I do uh, like the idea that Cleveland feels they have a little window to kind of make a move now and make a push. Uh, I like them picking up, you know, some, one of those fringe megastars, you know, one of those Tatum types. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, you know, Mitchell and Tatum are the same draft class, and they've always been kind of compared to each other. Uh, Mitchell's never really had quite the supporting cast that Tatum has had. I mean, we saw flashes of absolute brilliance uh, from Mitchell in the bubble when they were going at it with the Nuggets, I think, with Jamal Murray. Uh, and uh, he, he's just – he's fantastic. He's fun to watch. He's got a great personality. I really like him a lot. There's a lot of Dwayne Wade comparisons, you know, for Donovan Mitchell, I'm, albeit he's a lot smaller than Dwayne Wade. People don't realize how big Dwayne Wade was, uh, you know, like physique-wise, uh, four inches taller than Donovan Mitchell. But they play kind of that similar low center of gravity, big, thick, big thighs big hips, you know, bully people uh, kind of game, get to the rim, dunk balls that little people aren't supposed to dunk. He plays that kind of Dwayne Wade game, a little bit better shooter from the perimeter, obviously, than Dwayne Wade was. But uh, anyway, that's uh, I think it's a win for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think it's an absolute, out-of-the-park super home run for the Utah Jazz. Go ahead and flame me in the comments and tell me Markinen and Sexton are washed up. Uh, I see what their card values are at. Uh, I am not telling you I'm going out there and buying every gold prism Sexton I can get my hands on. But I am telling you right now, uh, Sexton is going to have a green light. Markkinen's going to have a green light. Somebody's got to put the ball in the hoop for that team. You would say, well, Jordan Clarkson's going to put in all the points. Well, here's Clarkson's stats compared to Sexton's stats. Clarkson against second units was averaging 16 a game. Sexton was averaging 24.3 a game against starting point guards. So, um, again, I think Sexton is going to go absolutely bananas, ape nuts. He's going to probably average 25 points per game. Um, you know, we haven't seen him post-injury, so this is all presuming he comes back perfectly healthy. Um, but uh, but I think uh, Colin Sexton is going to have uh, in prime for a huge year. Uh, you know, the Jazz are going to have uh, get great uh, great production out of uh, Laurie Markkinen. And then I think, uh, you know, they've got prospects galore to keep an eye on. Taylor Horton Tucker, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Walker Kessler, and um, Agbaji. And so if maybe two of those guys can pan out to be, you know, quality, solid, or maybe plus side NBA starters. I think the Jazz are on the road to recovery, and I think they hit the reset buttons, plural, with both hands and uh, and slapped it hard. And I think Danny Ainge has got to be really thrilled about this. Now, there's a lot of pressure on what they do with these picks over these upcoming years. They've got picks galore coming out through the next like six or seven years from these two trades. Uh, again, I can't stress enough how preposterous the package was uh, that Minnesota gave to Utah. So uh, Danny Ainge literally hit two grand slams this summer and uh, Utah Jazz are going to be a fun team to watch for uh, for upcoming years uh, in the draft and then uh, maybe on league pass maybe not quite this year uh, but maybe in coming years on league pass they're going to be loaded with prospects 
uh, a la the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Houston Rockets, uh, trying to find that diamond in the rough. But uh, uh, anyway, for short-term success, I look for Colin Sexton and Laurie Marketing to go bananas this year. Uh, that's just me. Maybe I'm crazy. Let me know in the comments below how you like this trade from Utah's perspective. Let me know how you like this trade from Cleveland's perspective. And again, I don't want to diminish uh, the fact that Cleveland now has a bona fide superstar who's been there and kind of done that and is you know knocking on that door trying to get to conference finals and win uh, win titles and things like that. And you pair him with Garland, who is only uh, going to get better year after year because he's got a brilliant basketball IQ. So win for the win for the Jazz. Win for the Cavs. I like it for both teams. As a Bucks fan, I hate it completely, obviously, because it brings one more legitimate problem uh, into the East. The Cleveland Cavaliers starting five is absolutely uh, loaded with talent. I don't think they're ready yet. There's too many good teams in the East, you know, with uh, Philly and who knows what's going on in Brooklyn. But Philly, Miami, the Bucks, the Celtics, uh, too many good teams in the East right now for the Cavs to probably break through and win uh, the East. But uh, one, two, three years from now, Huge problem team, the Cleveland Cavaliers. So it'll be fun to watch, guys. Let me know what you think. Put it in the comments about the Jazz and the Cavs. I appreciate you guys watching, as always. I don't take any of you guys for granted. Uh, I was trying to keep this to five minutes, and it's at 17 minutes. So uh, hopefully you, uh, I talked as fast as I could. So maybe I got 30 minutes in in 17 minutes. Thanks, guys, for watching. Keep collecting. Stay positive in the hobby. Again, I'm not telling you to go buy Sexton or marketing cards. I'm just saying, as an NBA fan, it's going to be fun to watch, and they're going to have a big green light. So uh, short term plays abound. Uh, thanks for watching. Keep collecting. Stay positive in the hobby. And peace.